0: The Welcome to Let's Talk, a place for open conversations. The incredible celebrity chef Jatila was born in Los Angeles into a restaurant family with Thai and Chinese ancestry and went on to study formally at Le Cordon Bleu. His award-winning restaurants and frequent appearances on shows like Iron Chef America, No Reservations, and Best Thing I Ever Ate have earned him Emmy and James Beard nominations. Chef Jatila and I have a shared passion for Asian cuisine and his evolving story.
1: What's up, Yusai? You know what? You couldn't say those nominated anything's a few weeks ago, so... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, let's be clear. Yeah, I've been around a long time, but uh, I'm really, really lucky to be nominated this year. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm I'm, I'm such an incredible week of amazing Asian-Americans here sharing their stories. And and I think it's so important that we share our heritage with everyone. And I also have decided that we shouldn't stop celebrating (laughs) Asian-Americans. So every week I'm making an initiative to have one Asian-American on my talk show so until we amazing. run out we won't run out anytime soon that's my goal i just think that you know by having that conversation it's also talk about inclusion in every way and not just asian americans we're talking about indians and muslims and every 100%. different shades of colors and it's so important and and that's what i would love to start our conversation is that tell us a little bit about your heritage and and your background because it is interesting and how you got
1: here Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, So originally Chinese, all four grandparents uh, are from the Hainan area. And then uh, they separately uh, went to Thailand, uh, probably around the, I'm guessing probably the late 30s, uh, Mm -hmm. 40s. And then uh, met and married. My parents were born in Thailand. So I'm Chinese by way of Thailand and uh and then in the 60s my parents emigrated to the us in 1966 with the first big wave of thai people so mm. um most people think i'm thai by brand by way i cook but you know what uh ancestry and and 23 tells me i'm 98 something percent <laughs> chinese so i get confused though you know what i mean i'm not sure which way i identify but uh but, but there's my there's the short a heritage story
0: well, have you been back to Thailand?
1: many many times, so I'm actually the culinary ambassador of Thailand as well, so yeah, I hold that 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 title thanks to the Thai government, of course, so yeah, food wise, I definitely uh, and I speak more Thai than I do uh, Chinese
0: Wow, that is so cool I, I I've been to Thailand so many times and and learning the cuisine is one thing, but learning the language, I gave up. <laughs> oh, man, I tell hard. you, the
1: cuisine itself is its own language because we have such distinct regional Thai food and each region is its own language as well. But uh, speaking of culinarians, man, I watch your show. You have a phenomenal, if no one knows, you need to go and watch uh, uh, cook culinary show. It is it, it is amazing, truly. Thank I'm Thank you kidding. so
0: much. Thank you. It's Street to Kitchen Asia. And, yes. And, and and you're, you're part of my inspiration of doing it. And that's something, <laughs> the reason that I want you on the show, first of all, paying so much respect for, for your culinary work and then your television work with all the nominations around you. And and, and I watch you because I, I, I even love those candid cooking in your room right now, mm-hmm. at your home right now. I feel so close to you and I, I feel like, okay, if you can do this and how many years have you been in this business?
1: wow so my grandparents going back to them had restaurants my parents had restaurants so we had restaurants in the 40s and then in the 70s and now you know i'm in the business so i personally have been cooking for about 25 years wow. but uh, my family has probably been in food i would probably say 60 to 70 years now so that's why your show resonates because it really is we started from a street food family right. not highly educated <clears throat> excuse me um really simple people and um Another reason why, you know, this month is so special to me because, well, I I feel like there's very few countries in the world where uh, uh, people can come from humble means and in one generation build anything they can imagine they can create here in this country. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's awesome. And that's
0: why I feel like such a fledgling in this industry. And I, we talk offline that when I started this talk show, I really want to merge the food community with my fashion audience and fashion community. And mm-hmm. in the very beginning, it was actually really hard because uh, yes, I'm known for hosting that show in Asia, but it doesn't cross over, you know, the, the, the two world really right. doesn't cross over very easily. And I'm sure you experienced that when you first started cooking in America being Asian. What was that like?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I I was one of those kids that, you know, my family very quickly, we all tried to assimilate, right? I was Mm -hmm. first generation American. Uh, My parents really were pushing us to not speak our native language because they're they're They push their fears into us and, and they're scared that we won't assimilate fast enough. So, um, They moved to the west side of Los Angeles really early. And uh, I was one of those only Asian kids in, in a large school. I was maybe two in like a few hundred. I think we uh, went to the same school. <laughs> exactly. I think you were you were a little more in the boondocks than I was, though. I, I was, was in at least Chino. In the- Chino, uh, yeah. California. Ex- oh, yeah. <laughs> dairy town. Exactly. It's Dairy town. Now that really, Chino it Hills. Was, now, it was.
0: Now it's, now it's rich. Now it's Chino Hills. When I was there, there was no hills. It was yeah. just grassland with cattle sheep roaming and that's where i grew up in a dairy town on a farm property and my dad's Pretty a amazing. farmer so that's Aww. how i grew up so yeah. like you i always had food in my in my um history my dad came from taiwan obviously we immigrated mm-hmm. when i was about 13 right. and he worked in a chinese restaurant in order to survive and feed the, mm. feed the kids
1: he was a photographer of all things yeah. in taiwan he was a tradesman like he was yeah. a skilled tradesman and he comes to this new country and has to be, has to do something different. Right.
0: And there's no shame in starting up as a dishwasher. Ever, That's, that I, think ever. I started
1: there. So many people started there,
0: but yeah. you know, I resisted having to go with him to the restaurant every day. Cause you know, mm-hmm. it's five in the morning, four in the morning. <laughs> and because we didn't just do washing dishes. We, as good Asians we are. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you can stand on a stool and reach a counter, you are going to learn how to cook. Exactly
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's true. You know, a restaurant owns you, especially a mom and pop restaurant. There's no, you know, I, I, we were talking on offline as well, and you know, I was I was cooking for 25 years, and I knew as a child, you know, I knew growing up that you can't have a healthy, balanced family life. And a full-time restaurant career. So, in my thirties, I made the decision. Right, I wanted to be married. I want to have children, and I want to be an effective husband and father. Uh, so that was my my path. And I, you know, I get a little trouble for it sometimes. But <laughs> television really, luckily, opened up for me, and uh, it really worked out. But but you know, did you find
0: did you find that when you're working your way through the entertainment industry that here you are? Asian-American, you speak perfect English, by the right, way. So, right. so that helps because I have grammar up and down. And I got to, I had to learn over the years. It's interesting that I was very self-conscious to doing television in the very beginning. Mm. And I did reality shows and I would always ask the the sound people, this is not America Next Top Model, maybe you guys a little back secret, it's really funny. Oh, yeah. I still can't get my pronouns, right? I still drop my <laughs> S's all the time but eds because they yeah. don't make any sense in in mandarin at all and, right yeah. okay so i would go to sound recording and just go duh, 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 duh,
1: duh, duh, <laughs> and duh. they would and dub go, your duh duh. In? And oh I go, good i like that behind the scenes. i would
0: literally give all the s's and every possible words that have s's and i go Amazing. you guys please edit this in because i'm so subconscious about it when i watch myself back i'm like Whoa. Can you guys please? (laughs) So they have to do that. It was really funny. And then, you know, what happened was I ended up doing a show for China. It was like a modeling show as well called Supermodel, And there was five panel judges and we sat there. And that's when I realized everybody has an accent
1: when you do television in Asia, because Beijing and and from the south. It's a melting pot, right? Yeah. So how did you feel then? then I all okay. love
0: well, they made me speak Mandarin, which I speak Taiwanese style Mandarin, mm. which you know is a little cutesy, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> And yeah. and it was I for me I felt like oh so self conscious but then they embraced it. It it took me to go back to Asia doing the Asian show to find myself to come back to the US and go, you know what? Forget the S's, forget the D's. You live with what I tell you.
1: <laughs> it, it's also your personality here. I think people on TV, like you know that that's something that makes you unique. You know, I, I was I was embarrassed the opposite way, right? Because you know, obviously, I speak uh, I speak English, you know, and um, you know, without an accent as well. So I I get uh, I get a hard time from Thai people and Chinese people when I try to speak Cantonese or or, or Thai. Um, so I have the opposite problem. I'm not Asian enough you know what i mean when i when i when i talk to when i talk to my people um, but you know i've been i've been very lucky i I'm, I'm embraced I, my audience is very you know all broad walks of Absolutely. life american you know i i i have a true love affair with this country right and every Nook and cranny of it, you know what I mean? Because I have a lot of friends that are law enforcement and military, and I spend a lot of time in Middle America, you know what I mean. So, so I, I'm, you know, I, I, we all, I think everyone who is watching who's, who's Asian, I mean, uh, you must understand that we all code switch, yeah. right? You have your Taiwan code, you have to switch <laughs> over you your American code. We have our sometimes our our country code, we have to be in Middle America code, and then we have our bi- inner city code because you know I was born in a really kind of a tougher spot in L.A. Um, so no, I, I, I'm I'm in. I've gotten more. Uh, I've been made fun of more by Asian people than <laughs> I than I have by by American people. Racism you know I mean? is
0: real within ourselves. It absolutely.
1: Oh is. my god, <laughs> that's a whole show. Can we talk about intra Asian racism? That's well, that's like a whole other. It's a whole topic. Thing,
0: when I first moved from Terry Hill, Indiana, mm-hmm. which is all white as white can be, right. because you don't know where it Look it right. up on the map. And my family moved from Terry Hill, Indiana to even a smaller town called Robinson, Illinois, the 20 wow. miles out of Terry Hill, Indiana. 40,000 people. My dad opened a Chinese restaurant there, and we were popular because we were serving broccoli and beef. God knows, middle American <laughs> They liked you guys, right? They liked broccoli.
1: you. Yeah, you were, you were a novelty. You were awesome. But
0: when that broccoli and beef came, was <laughs> done. We were done. We went oh, out of really? you know because yeah. you know we, we were we were we were a, a trend for the moment, right? And how many times can you just keep serving broccoli? Did you
1: beef? feel embraced by the community, and did you keep any friends from back then, or was it very like, oh, hey, wow. I like you for your food, but we don't need to be friends? What What did you guys feel well, at that time?
0: Uh, well, it's funny because you know Asians, you can't tell our age, right? So yeah, my dad's exactly. like, you, you just go be a waiter now because we're not going <laughs> to <laughs> you. I yeah. put on the apron, broken English, and, and go there. And what I found was that more awkward I am, more things I drop, more I fall mm. and stumble into things, more tip I got. So oh, I think in wow. most of
1: interesting. The, hmm. I think most of the guests don't get to eat when I get big. Tips. <laughs> oh man! But I learned
0: a lot about about uh, not be afraid of my language barrier. I, I was very, I grew up very, very. Um, oblivious to my own shortcomings.
1: I had, I, I just that's didn't. That's a good thing then. No one w- reminded you of them then. It's what it sounds like. You know well, I mean? they did.
0: And I just didn't. <laughs> well, for example, I'll give you a good example that in high school, everybody said, like, go back to China, go back oh, to China.
1: Oh, So but, there was racism. But, but Yuvu, the funny Yuvu thing Yuvu is,
0: I, I didn't bother me because I'm not from China. So for me, I go, <laughs> well, <laughs> when they let me have my visa to go to China, I'll be the first to visit the Great World of China because I'm from Taiwan. I was waiting for my visa that to like, go awesome. there because the border wasn't open for Taiwan right. to go to China. So I'm like, let me know when they let me. I'll go. Thanks. That's
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> but it was kind of like, it was just, it didn't bother me. But one day somebody figured out that I'm from Taiwan.
1: Mm. And
0: in the middle of an algebra two class, I sit in the front like a good nerd that I am. And he sits <laughs> all the way in the back. And, and when the instructor turned over and was doing this long division of some algebra, you know, X2 plus Y equals C plus, whatever. And I heard him go, hey, go back to Taiwan. Wow. And he hit me,
1: That's I got amazing. up.
0: And it's the first time I've ever been violent to anyone. Wow. I up, walked back to the back of the room. I took his table and I flipped him over Good with the table. Good you. But I ran so fast back to my chair and sat down. <laughs> Like nothing happened by the time the instructor turned around, they were like storming the room. I just sit there like, so the answer for it, A plus B equals, and then because what I was so story. oblivious to what I just did, cause I'm mm-hmm. kind of that way yeah. that they were scared of me from that point forward. They just thought it was crazy. Cause yeah. I wasn't Don't like telling them. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't telling on right. them. I was like, what happened? <laughs> oh, did you fall? <laughs> that is
1: awesome <laughs> so
0: that, that was my childhood growing up and that's i think that's what i had to deal with in, in 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 terms of racism but you know as you get older in the senior years people start embracing you and you find clicks that you can somehow
1: yeah get no along matter with where and, you are right you know, no matter and, where you are
0: but i wasn't i was very oblivious that i'm asian i tell this story before when i how i got to television that in the early days, I would go to central casting auditions, which oh, is like,
1: did you really? Yeah. Like central casting is when I've done just- it a few times. It'll make you crazy. Yeah. But,
0: but I would go when they asked for black people. I would go <laughs> when they asked for white people. I never went when they asked for Asian people because I don't look Asian enough for Asian casting.
1: I, you know? I agree with that. You look <laughs> like an Asian movie star that looks like a Western guy because you know, you have, Tall, slender, you know, big bridge. You look like yes. handsome. You know what I mean. But it's
0: crazy that everybody always challenged me. Like you're not man. You're not Chinese. You can't speak Mandarin. So when I go out with my mom, they always. I tell my mom. I said, "You ordered the food. Please don't make me order it. Then the That's food won't funny. come in time because we're gonna have a whole argument am i adopted. Where you, yeah. you slept with before. Yeah. Me? <laughs> like,
1: That's you look like the milkman son, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, I was. Yeah, I was a little different. You know what I. I think I think uh one common thread amongst people who in food culinarians is a lot of us are rebels and troublemakers. So I was I was a Yeah, nightmare. what's up with that? I was a nightmare. I what yeah, I dropped with that. I dropped out of high school. Um, it crushed my parents. I was never a good kid. I was always the kid that was making trouble in the back of the room. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, I married a woman who has a master's degree in early childhood education, you know, also with with emphasis on special needs. Yeah. You're the PhD program. She needs a PhD right now. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, she diagnosed me and her mom's also a child psychologist. So, you know what, I always had a problem learning and I never understood why. And you know, with Asian parents, they're like, just do it, mm. shut up and do it, mm. get straight A's. And I can't, like, I can't understand, I can't process. So I think I realized that I had an undiagnosed, um, you know, learning disability, which which just kind of set the tone for my entire life. I dropped out of high school, I made a lot of trouble, I got my GED, and then I finally found my calling when you know I, I ran away from food because I grew up in food, mm. and we, I, all, we yeah, all do. Right? We my all dad do. was
0: a photographer, and I'm like, that's the last thing I. There's
1: ever no way to you do. want to do no. right. And look, look where at we us. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it saved my life, though it really did. You know, uh, I you know we had a grocery store in Los Angeles called the Bangkok Market. It was the first. Thai food st- market in the country. And we had very famous chefs because we were the only place you could buy these exotic ing- exotic back in the day. And uh, after I went to culinary school, I begged them all for jobs. You know, I knew, you know, Wolfgang and Mary Sue wow. and Susan and Joe everyone wait, shopped wait. at our store.
0: But you yeah. went to culinary school, which is one of the most disciplinary kind of education, right? No? You know, Maybe? It's,
1: it, you know what? You know, some of us kids, it's like the military you know what i mean if i say you try march over there for 10 miles it's not it, i don't even use my brain i just can, right. you know I, mm. so it was easy to be a soldier you know what i mean so it, for me like it was easier than math or, or science or english hey cut these things and i'd be growing up in a, in a kitchen i had a, a, an advantage in culinary school so it came really easy to me so mm. i finally found my calling uh, when when I went back into culinary, but not Asian culinary, I went into French culinary, and then I continued my education in Japanese culinary school, and you know wow. what I mean? It all came full circle, but now I'm known for cooking Asian food, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> it, it, all, it all comes back around. <laughs>
0: but with a the twist, there's always yeah, a yeah. twist into your work. I mean, look, guys, just, just <laughs> for the plug. <laughs> so, you, you know, I read through this entire book and the recipes, and there's something missing here.
1: What is it? Taiwanese food like there's no auto <laughs> oh here I, i'm ready i'm ready right now can, yeah if this whole thing is over keep it sign this <laughs> i will have it and we'll send you our other book too my wife and i wrote a book as well so yes and your wife's a
0: baker right
1: she's a baker. yeah well school psychologist uh and uh, special needs and then went to culinary school a few years ago so She, she always had a passion for baking. We met when, uh, you know, she was still teaching and I was teaching cooking classes. You know, us Asians, we work two jobs, two and a half jobs. So I'd cook at night. I restaurants and I'd work in the day at Sir Littab and I was teaching cooking classes, professional cooking classes.
0: And you get discount there when you work there, right?
1: That's why I did it. (laughs) Meat girls. That's Asian. And then discounts, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it worked. Both things worked perfectly. I met the woman of my dreams and I got discounts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so that that was that was it. That was my path. Anyway, yeah. This is your show. I'm I'm here. No, it's yeah. all about
0: you. I love this. I'm learning so much from it. So tell me this: Why is that your bad boy chefs all have tattoos?
1: Oh man, I I look down sometimes and I go, what happened to me? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like over twenty something years, you know. I I think it is a it, it's bad boy also means rebel, mm. but what it really means is. Uh, a kid who I think needs some attention. You know what I mean? Let's be real for a second. I'm not going to give you the glossy answer. You know, what I don't talk about a lot is my dad was a really rough guy, right? He was a very stern, you know, one way or no way. And, uh, you know, it it made an impact. And he was never home. Asian dad. And when he was home, he was like, uh, uh, you know, he was a a tyrant. Um, So when you see these, I think my, my take is, you know, a lot of us got, um, uh, you know, chefs just need to feel seen maybe because we didn't, we, we didn't feel seen when we were kids. And that make you know, sense? I, I
0: do. I went through the bench watch, like Chef's Table and I've been, I, I mean, these are the like, obsessions of shows. And yeah. I find that there's a commonality how food saved chefs. Yes. And, and across Completely. the board, I was watching Ivan ramen it was yeah. like it it brought tears to my eyes that he lost his wife and he found it oh. he found himself through food it was and, and i have chose talking about it because it was i mean it drew tears to my eyes when i watched it was incredible yeah. and yeah and, and that seemed to be the common thread right that's like well yeah you go out yeah. there and you cause ruckus and then you go to the kitchen and you cause more ruckus but you put yeah. out amazing food tell me a little bit of cultural differences that have changed in the last five years of food restaurant culture we know where Dane put
1: out a book was very controversial. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, true though. Tony was uh, was honest, right? Right, it was uh, yeah.
0: the, 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 the confidential, right? Kitchen confidential. Yeah. And it and and changed yeah. the landscape of the
1: food Yeah, industry. I mean, if we wanna get pretty like deep, right? I mean, uh, a few things, a lot has changed over the last 25 years, right? I think uh, the, the, the kitchen used to be like the military, right? And uh, it was very strict. Um, there was a little bit of um, corporal punishment at times, there's a lot of strong words that were thrown Authoritarian. It's a very authoritarian yeah, space. Exactly. The reason I
0: brought this up, Jed, is because, yeah. because fashion industry is no different.
1: It can't. It has to be
0: the same. It's no different. Anytime Being a you photographer have, yeah. 10 years ago, you're not one if you don't
1: have control of your
0: set. And In order That's to control it. your set,
1: exactly what you said. You're, you're either your hammer or hammer. You know what I mean? Because back in the day... You know, before before the, you know, which is, I think we're more enlightened now as people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we learned to get in touch with our feelings and we could talk about how, you know, things make us feel. Some people a little too much, but, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, back in the day, you, you got to, you know, you got to find that balance. Another thing about kitchen people is we are all misfits, but the kitchen and is our family because mm-hmm. you found people like yourself. So if you and I are working together and I'm screaming at you during service and you're screaming at me. You know i mean once that last ticket goes out and that last dish it's goes over. out yo we had a great night you know because we really get, got to get in touch with our you know we uh, can yell and we can walk away
0: so interesting because it's so similar to the fashion world the fashion yeah. industry you know one thing that that I've said this to uh, on another show is that one thing i've learned over the years when i worked in advertising is that you can scream and yell all you want just choose who you yelling and screaming at because because creative people do get their feelings hurt maybe not the the chef no right but other creative people yeah we're very like did you just say you don't like it why why did i do so so i would i've always been taught to okay to scream at the account executive okay to scream at the producers but don't scream at the talent that you're photographing and don't scream at the people who actually are doing the creative part of it Uh, so that was my philosophy so i did do a lot of screaming my early days and 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 you know with the whole MeToo movement with everything oh, that man. shifted for it's Which we lost culinary, a lot of sh- the culinary, lost culinary is, is really
1: was wrapped up in that as well and look the people who did bad things um need to go away because you know it was it's not okay right it's not okay in any in any industry in any culture to to take advantage of people right there's a very clear line between you know, um, ex- high expectations versus just abuse. You know? But we yeah.
0: also see that the projection of that, I think we talked a little bit offline five years ago, you can't wait to turn on your TV to watch Gordon Ramsey chew out <laughs> everyone in house kitchen. I live for it. I yeah. love it. I, yeah. I was like, this is, this is, it's okay for him to do that. See, then people right. in my civic like, stop screaming. I'm like,
1: have you seen Gordon Ramsey? <laughs> yeah. And Gordon though, Gordon was real about it because if you really watched Hell's Kitchen in the first few seasons, you know, he would yell at you and then he would say, come on. Like it, once everything was over, it'd say, let's talk about what, what we can do better. And that is constructive. You can't yell at people anymore, but not saying I ever did much. <laughs> right. But you, know, but you I mean.
0: know, the television perpetuated this behavior. And I, I absolutely fell into that trap when I started doing reality TV. Everybody was like, Oh, get you, Sai, because he's a Gordon Ramsay of fashion.
1: He's a Simon Cowell <laughs> That's cow what fashion. I remember. You're the guy who used to, you know, and then I, I learned offline that <laughs> it was, it, what, how, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> Completely opposite I of the character. I was expecting you to be yelling at me. That's why I, was like, I don't know if I want to do your show. You're well, I straight. could.
0: What color yeah. shirt is that you're wearing? It does like, <laughs> exactly. oh, the chair you're sitting in. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I'm
1: like, oh my god, you're gonna like judge me fashion wise. I, I have no fashion sense at all.
0: And the, one of the thing that I got to see is when Gordon started doing shows such as like that of uh, finding ingredients out in the uh, for mm-hmm. National Geographic series that he did. I forgot the title of that show, but but we saw seeing a softer side of him because the industry started saying, hey, we need you guys to be real and be approachable. Yeah. And I think the last five years, start seeing you on Instagram. Cooking mm-hmm. and talking to audience, not because somebody's giving you a paycheck.
1: On no, the not at all. Network, all that's free. Right? All of my, all the, my social media. Right. You know, one hundred percent.
0: That's that's when I felt like, wow, this community can be welcoming because I always feel like I said this all the time. Even in fashion, I always feel like I'm an outsider looking in.
1: Wow. Yeah. Always. Even that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in the fashion world, It's a good perspective, I, though. Yeah.
0: But, just because of where my um, upbringing and, and the longing to belong, but there's always somewhere else you want to reach, another level you want to reach. So I'm always feeling like I'm looking, looking for, the, for the club, right? That makes sense, and, 100%. And, yeah. And with this, with, especially with, when I got into the food thing, I was really nervous, right? I was like, okay, I know how to produce a show. I've exactly produce a producer before. <laughs> I know how to direct. That's what I do for right like now. I am to in front of the camera. And the longest debate we had was whether or not I should actually cook on the show
1: oh yeah and-, and then i saw you and i see <laughs> yeah. Ming
0: Tsai, yeah and, and truly that it was like listen i can watch gordon ramsay but his white is white it doesn't look like anything <laughs> like this <not laughs> yeah we, we I look can like do. you we <laughs> look like each other yeah
1: exactly
0: but, but i've been in tv for 10 years mm-hmm. and i get to become the token asian person for that network that's you know true. when red carpet needed diversity that year for a black to be recognized they're like we better throw an asian guy in there and that year
1: i got to host the oscar red carpet that but is amazing that, though
0: but when that moment's over yeah ah, I, you, so know, that, I, I'm, I'm you know i i'm torn
1: there i'm torn there you know what there's nothing wrong in my opinion with being the token right because oh, no. you're the bridge builder right we are the bridge builders if you know what i mean better to see at least someone which will make two which will make four which will make six you know, we have responsibility. I take my responsibility um, on television and on in social media and in public very, very seriously. When, when I go, when I travel around the, the country, around the world, when somebody says, you know what, your, your English is amazing. And uh, you know what? I very straight face. I said, thank you very much. You know, I'm, I was born in, in the United States of America. And they're like, wow, I didn't agree. And, I, and my job is to build bridges and is to expand and build relationships. So, so, yeah, I, I you know, we have a very specific responsibility to represent, you know, uh, our culture narrowly, like you're Taiwanese, I'm Thai Chinese and then broadly as Asian. So, you know, and, and, and whenever you see an Asian person, you know, with a, you know, with a bad attitude, it sends a message. You oh, know trust what I mean? me. Yeah. I went
0: through that. Like, I, I I, definitely felt the responsibility because, first of all, nobody realized I was Chinese, Taiwanese, born no. Chinese when I did Top Model. It was just like this mixed oh. race guy, whatever. So the hate <laughs> didn't come. The hate didn't come. Right. But when I did a promo speaking Mandarin, all of a sudden the fans oh. realized he's Chinese. And then they came from me. And then it's like, he's a mean Chinese guy. And you go through this. Like weird <laughs> dynamic but then i had the opportunity to go to Ch- asia to film asia next top model and be a judge on that show i definitely had to adjust like the audience are different i started adjusting and then that, that's right. like you said then i realized that it's not just responsibility in our own territory no. it's a global conversation it now right it's,
1: it truly is
0: and people ask why would you go back to asia to do asia next top model when you have a successful show here in the united states already that's what everybody wants to be and for me was that why don't we let people celebrate us from our soil and bring them to this place. And and, and you and I both know it's really rare yeah, in this industry, any Asian talent who make it in the U S ever go back to where they're from to celebrate it. And no. it's bizarre to me. So for me, I'm so happy you watch the show because the first opportunity I had to do a show in the food sector, in the food industry, I chose to go back to Taiwan. I chose you to go home. back to where I have not yeah. been for, Twenty some years, just so I can bring that history exposure to where I'm from, and it's a good storytelling, uh, you know, uh, avenue too. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's
1: important. Yeah, you're also representing us Asian American kids because I think a lot of us like you, we we, we lose uh, touch literally and emotionally with, with with home. You know what I mean? So you know, it's inspiring. My dream is to do a show like yours. Is to go back to Thailand. And to actually, you know, explore the country because I'm a tourist. Uh, when I go anywhere outside of the U.S., I'm really a tourist. Cause, I'll produce you know. it. I have a team in <laughs> Asia done. waiting for let's, you. Uh, let's go. I have,
0: <laughs> I have Fox Network waiting for content. I have Netgeo waiting for content in Asia.
1: We'll talk about i ready. Offline. I need to go home. I need to go back to China, and I need to go back to Thailand. And
0: that truly is a story that people love. And and um, yeah. obviously, we're in the middle of the pandemic world. The season two, I was supposed to go to Vietnam to shoot because they asked me, now oh, you've done wow. Taiwan, where great- would you want to go? Yeah. I said, let has traveled somewhere I've never been. Cause I literally have been everywhere, right? Mm. With fashion, with work that I do, but I'm like, I want to go out where I've never been. I don't even know how to cook one thing of their cuisine <laughs> at all,
1: Amazing. and
0: I want to learn because I did cook Taiwanese cuisine on right. the show and i put a twist to it to my own creativity and and it was it, it was amazing and it's fun and then i like, was also I'm like oh maybe i should just get all my auntie's recipes and mom's recipe and put together a book but then i realized how intimidating that is and, and oh, i get get yeah. really scared <laughs> not it's
1: processed. hard hey can i ask you we're writing uh season two of our show right now and mm. um you know is three cup chicken truly taiwanese i think that everyone yes. wants to know it re- yes. give me what Give me what you know, because I'm writing the episodes right I now. I
0: have an episode
1: on in the Kitchen series <laughs> that you can okay. watch online. Okay. Three
0: cup chicken is the flagship food. It is the quintessential Taiwanese Taiwan.
1: cuisine. Yes. I better not mess up, so I need to no, call you No, it's, it's easy. It's three but cups. But it's one cup Uh, soy. <laughs> sesame oil. Sesame oil. Soy sauce. And, and the, wine. wine. Oh, Weiss wine. Is it really one cup of sesame oil? That sounds like so much. Okay, that's what I thought. I won't <laughs> tell the Taiwan uh, government. No, it depends on the type yeah. of
0: sesame oil you use, right? Okay. I love to use dark roasted yeah, sesame oil, but sure, you use big less
1: aromas. Yeah,
0: and and as you know, p- people, I tell people it's the easiest <laughs> dish to make. However, yeah. you have to understand how sesame oil, oil works. It yes, burns it's really overwhelming. fast. Overwhelming, yes. You have to understand your temperature how to keep that oil cool when you put that because it becomes bitter
1: yeah 100 then, burns fast and it's very heavy so i thought one heavy. cup and okay and uh, you and your audience i can't see comments you turned off comments so yes um I, in my opinion you're not an asian if you don't eat dark meat with skin on
0: absolutely <laughs> if absolutely. you eat chicken
1: yeah so my producers are like hey let's do chicken breasts i'm like no that's not asian food you can substitute wow. I would love to come with you on on your journey let's when you do, do that. I would love let's that. Taiwan. Taiwan be yeah. amazing,
0: and 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 Taiwan has it is known for such amazing street food. Not it the is. most cleanest street. food. Well,
1: that's Asia though. All <laughs> of Asia. It's not except for except for um, Singapore, obviously oh, the cleanest everywhere. The right. Cleanest, right. In yeah. my
0: second home. Singapore, yeah. in my second home. But but in Taiwan we do have this thing called stinky tofu. Oh yeah, I know stinky tofu. And I yeah. know Andrew uh, Zimmer did not like it at all. And it. He's invited to on this show, which I'm going to challenge him to try again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need to mail him some before he goes on the show, and I then like, eat it with him live. You eat man, yeah.
0: and you eat basically everything. Anything and you he eats don't bugs, eat-
1: he eats eyeballs, but you want not eat stinky tofu? It doesn't matter. Oh I don't know, but he eats cheese. It's not that different. You know what Uh,
0: I mean? It's funny. My crew, when we were doing sticky tofu episode, they were just like, uh, it's okay.
1: We'll pass. (laughs) Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I can eat it. Not my favorite thing in the world. Not my favorite thing. Oh yeah. A little too funky for me. Anyone else out there agree? Yeah.
0: But you know what? I I grew up in Asia next to sewage. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Open sewer. (laughs) Open sewer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We all did. Yeah.
0: That's, that brings me yeah. back home. Exactly. You didn't experience that. No, no. I was a tourist,
1: remember? I got to go back a lot, but never had to live, live it. So, yeah. So, so, what's next for you? um winning the wow. emmy which i'm championing for you winning the right. Emmy would be great fingers crossed guys uh, next next month um and uh you know so we're doing ready jet cook again now uh, season two uh we have a bunch of new shows on food network once the pandemic uh, you know slows down and we start shooting again i'm writing a third cookbook which is a thai cookbook right now wow. um you know i also have partnerships in restaurants so payway group uh we, we revamped the whole brand so if you're in america we have 160 restaurants. If you're in a payway close to you, I'm rechanging up the menu. We're getting it really exciting. Um, and you know, I have a secret life too. I don't really talk about, but you know, we're we're brothers now. You know, so <laughs> and I Nobody's wanna, uh, watching. No, one's not 442 watching. No, no, people. Not They're exactly. not here. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, I, I've been in corporate dining for a long time. I was at Google. I was at Cisco, at Yahoo, mm-hmm. and now I'm partnered with NBC Universal DreamWorks. So I wanted a job that was close to home. So I, I help out in the studio. We're gonna we're going to be revamping and creating some really fun concepts on the studio as well. So how do you
0: yeah. balance all that with being now a celebrity chef and oh, being available for television?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I, w- you right. The problem with being Asian, you always want to have plan a plan D <laughs> plan Z. So then you <laughs> overbook and have too many jobs, right? <laughs> you know, you're laughing cause you know, and everyone <laughs> listening understand. So mm-hmm. you know what? My family comes first. So mm-hmm. uh, as I get busier, TV is, ultimately important for me right because um it really it really keeps me connected with the most amount of people um and and, you know you start to shed things you can't handle and you know so uh, right now the balance is there i can handle it all i have a really great team i have a phenomenal wife and partner who she's a my literal business partner so yeah every every dollar 51 (laughs) cents goes right to her 49 it doesn't really because they just spice it with the kids and then the dogs I probably get five cents of every dollar, you know, but that's life. I'm happy that way.
0: Will you ever go back to the French
1: cooking style? You know, brutal, honestly, you know what? I am very good at Asian food, right? Mm. I took French cuisine to speak the global language of food. I, I took French food so I can write Asian dishes in French languages, wow. so I could I could take food around the world that way. I could teach other chefs. I could write books in multiple cultures. So French is the national international language of cooking. We we cannot dispute that. So uh, you know what I mean. It is the one unifying language of cuisine. So that's why I did French for so many years. Um, but my my heart is in Asian food. I, well, love I try it to make a phone. consummate this week, and it was. <laughs> Did you make a, a protein raft of eggs and meat, the whole deal, the real deal? The, the,
0: yes, but I wanted to make a duck consomme because I got the duck for cheese. Oh. Nobody's
1: buying ducks, right?
0: <laughs> so, of course, it's very fatty. For those guys out there who know about food, consomme yeah. is all about getting rid of the fat. And like, I chilled so it hard, down, scraped hard. it off, put it back in the fridge, recook it. I did it all. I watched yeah. every YouTube. I yeah. yeah. cannot get it cleared. And you know what mm. happened? I told Chef Mean this last week. He goes, what kind of egg did you use? Come on. Chicken egg is all you're making <laughs> duck. How come you don't <laughs> use duck egg to cure, purify? I'm all what? Yo, That's all you... I needed to do. <laughs> can I tell you? I gave on a consommé. <laughs> it's the most delicious ramen broth <laughs> <drop> now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not
1: consommé, but it's delicious. Right? It's delicious. Yeah. And Then I
0: heard from I won't tell you which top chef. Uh, Ooh, top chef told me like that. that. All those consommé they make on that show is done with pressure cooker.
1: Oh, you're kidding me, really? I'm not telling you who told I, me, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna text you when we hang up, yes. and you're gonna tell me. Because I then, reach out yeah. to them. I reach out to them and say, "Listen,
0: guys, I'm trying to do a concept. I, I, I just want to do one dish with stupid little pretentious dumpling floating in a beautiful <laughs> broth with a damn one perfect leaf of cilantro floating. Oh just you're so I can so post fancy. on my social you're media. Guys. You're so fancy. Be, I want to <laughs> be fashion food for a moment. It exactly. did not work for me. It did not yeah. work. I'm like you're you're you know
1: fashion. I'm street. Yeah, exactly. That that's how it's but true. you know what?
0: I just end up glorifying my instant ramen. That's what I uh, did.
1: With there you go. Just, just cook some ramen noodles, put it in the noodles in the soup that you made, and be like every other Asian person out there. Yes.
0: And for those Asian people are watching, this is the something that I don't know yet would tell you that. When you get instant noodles, a good Asian person never use the water they cook the ramen with. You oh, gotta wash that's gross. Wash wash mm. when you boil it when you're done take that out and use yep. clean and broth make your, and your own soups water.
1: yeah yes. yeah throw away the packet or put it in make it a stir fry that's yeah. what my
0: that's why mom was like don't uh-uh. you drink MSG water <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm uh. the like, no make your own broth <laughs> something that an Asian mom would tell you in the kitchen but <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy that you're able to make time with me here today because I feel like you're like a brother you're like, it's so inspiring and we actually live very close each other so we, we do probably like 10
1: miles away yeah, yeah. we definitely After have to this connect. is over or so wait, when, or before yeah. you go, what do no, no, you, no, no. you know I'm, I'm we good. know
0: we know that uh, it, the xenophobia during this time with the asian mm-hmm. restaurants yeah. and i i spoke to a few of them this week and i'm inviting them on to talk and a lot of them i'm not ready to talk thank god
1: that you are doing it that, is hard for
0: Asian people in the I'm talking about middle tier restaurants, right? Yes, of the, course, the middle,
1: middle and lower middle, like yes. yeah, mom yeah. and pops. Who, <clears throat> yeah,
0: who their staffs are immigrants. Yep, and they can't get. Those guys cannot get
1: unemployment. No, they're they job. On, they can't get benefits. They no, can't get exactly benefits. right. This
0: is not the yeah. Michelin star restaurant that everybody go home and they can't apply for a PPP.
1: <laughs> you mean this all not, the all the chefs that you have on your shows? Not those guys. <laughs> I, only have I got one you. One so far. I, I got
0: so you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll ask Carl that when she comes on in exactly. I'll ask her if she has PPP.
1: <laughs> So oh my watching. God. She found me happy. Yeah. No, but what are you going to say about these? No, these, these people are suffering. So go ahead.
0: Suffering. So, what, well, how do you think that
1: what we can do as a community to, to help? It's right? very easy, guys. The first thing you can do right now is if you have the extra money, and not, I know not everyone does right now, uh, but the benefit of that middle tier restaurant is it's so inexpensive to eat at. Pick one restaurant that's not a chain every week and and change it every week right tonight you have cantonese tomorrow have taiwan uh the other night have mexican but mm-hmm. if we don't support local mom and pop restaurants the the entire face of restaurants are going to change you're going to we're all going to be stuck eating corporate food and fast food. So Ugh. we have to preserve not just the restaurants, but the heritage the knowledge is... and the heritage that they represent. And I, that's the thing I know? think
0: I learned the most from my TV shows that we didn't go to the most expensive restaurants or most famous. No, we went to the God. one with most history, three generation, five generation, and those generations come here and do it again. And, yeah. and when you close a Chinese mom and pop restaurant, you're closing part of the history.
1: You know, it's, it's crazy. The next and, uh, Ming Tsai, the next Jetila, uh, the next Roy Choi, the next David Chang, these are all kids that are are immigrant kids that grow up to be something, you know, I oh, and you're supporting their families.
0: And look at Roy Choi, too. Congratulations to him, by the way, for the James Yeah, Dier James Beard,
1: oh, oh, 100%. So,
0: so funny, 60 Degree of Separation. When I moved out of my studio in Larchmont and <laughs> I was moving out, and here's mm-hmm. this guy moving in, I'm like, wait a minute.
1: <gasps> wait the celebrity is moving into my office are you serious yeah. you guys are no kidding Literally crossover <laughs> <laughs> and my
0: my staff is like go talk to him oh my god go talk to him they were, i'm like dude nobody ever treats me like that how come you
1: get-? yeah uh funny story then six to two degrees of separation when i'm out on the streets right Oh Two my god. People. Don't tell me people Oh think yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, and then when when Roy was opening in Las Vegas, I think his his partner was, you know, Natasha told me this. Well, they were opening in Vegas restaurant. So I, you know, I used it. to be in Vegas, man. I used to be there. it was my city. You know, I opened Wynn Hotel out there. So um, yes, yeah, so they were he was walking down and they're like, Oh my god, Chef, he's like, What's up? He's like, Gentila. <laughs> You know what? with oh. that
0: celebration Asian American any way you can.
1: I what nothing wrong with that. Nothing no, wrong with that. When people call me Roy Choi, that. I just go, Yes, that's right. Nice to meet you.
0: <laughs> Thank you for being able for me to turn on the television and see the war nominated, award winning chef <laughs> that looks like me. And I don't care what people other people say. I think we <laughs> look
1: alike. <laughs> yeah. You know, to some to some we look like no, look I I, you thanks so much for having me. I'm really proud of you know, what we represent. Um, you know, I, I do take it seriously. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Asian, I'm an Asian American, I'm an American, I'm a citizen of this, this earth. And, you know, I always tell people like, you know, my, my goal every day is just to practice one random act of kindness. And that just might be smiling at somebody, but it's so much easier to be nice.
0: Thank you, Chef Jatila, for taking the time to talk to me about your journey and your work building bridges to Asian culture through cuisine. Thank you to all my listeners for your constant support. Please subscribe to this podcast for more open conversations. You can visit our website at letstalkwithusai.com and follow me on Instagram at usai88 for updates. Let's Talk is a production of 88 Phases. I'm your host, Usai. Our director, Luis Jaime, and writer, editor, and producer, Trevor Soringen. Thank you for this conversation.